I'm James Brian Smith. Welcome to the Things Above podcast. Today's thought from above is this. There are benefits to doubt. If you missed the pilot episode or this is your first time listening, this is a podcast for what we call Mind Discipleship. It's a podcast for those who want to set their minds on things above. That's where the name of the podcast comes from, from Colossians 3, 1 and 2, where Paul encourages us to set our minds on things above. Setting our minds on good, beautiful, and true thoughts, on uplifting, encouraging, life-giving, biblically-based thoughts from above is not easy. And that is why we do this podcast, to provide for you in each episode a thought from above that you can dwell upon so that your heart will be warmed and you will become an epiphany of grace. A few years ago, the most reverend Justin Welby, who's the Archbishop of Canterbury, he said in an interview this quote, at times I wonder if God is really there. And boy, did that cause a backlash. Headlines read, even God's earthly emissary isn't sure if the whole thing is made up. And the atheist Peter Fitzsimmons tweeted on Twitter, victory, as if to say, that this man of God, this faithful minister, should never doubt that his doubt was, in fact, the doubt of the century, one person called it. Well, what do I think about this? I think this is wrong. I think it's really, really wrong. To drive this even deeper, I was reading another tweet where all this great theology is happening on Twitter. And this contemporary popular current theologian tweeted this, Doubt is slander against the Almighty. Jesus died to save you from doubt, not to make space for it. To which I say, garbage. I disagree. This is a really important issue. The reason is because doubt can be beneficial. Doubt can be an important part of our journey. And I want to try to explain that today. And hopefully you'll see it in a different light. If you read the Bible, and I know a lot of you who listen to this podcast do, you will discover that the Bible is not shy on the issue of doubt. In fact, there are even books like Job, Lamentations, Ecclesiastes, Habakkuk, and especially many, many of the Psalms deal directly with doubt and some of the great heroes of our faith. Abraham, Moses, David, they had times of doubt. Philip Yancey wrote this, There's not a single argument against God from the older critics, Bertrand Russell, Voltaire, David Hume, or the newer ones, Dawkins, Hitchens, Harris, that are not already included in the Psalms, Job, Habakkuk, and Lamentations. And then Philip says, I have respect for a God who not only gives us freedom to reject him, but also includes arguments against him in the Bible itself. God seems rather doubt-tolerant, actually, Philip writes. God is doubt-tolerant. What a great way of putting it. In one of the more famous stories in the Gospels, Thomas, one of the disciples, the one we call Doubting Thomas, he says to his fellow disciples, hey, I need to see 
Jesus marks. I need to see, I need to put my fingers in the nail marks. I need to experience this in order to believe. Otherwise, I'm just not going to believe. And because he says this, that's in John 20, 24, because he says this, he's known forever in history as Doubting Thomas. That's the nickname. And we even use that in language when someone doubts something. Oh, that person's a real Doubting Thomas. Is that fair? Is that fair? I don't think so. Because Thomas wasn't present when Jesus had appeared to the other disciples. I mean, the resurrection of Jesus, that's a big thing to believe if you haven't seen it. And the other disciples, they didn't believe either when the women first told them, hey, Jesus, we saw him. He appeared. No, no, they doubted. But then they saw him. And so they had said that to Thomas, but Thomas was like, well, you know what? I need to see this myself. So in the story, we see Thomas just saying, he's being honest, saying, you know what? I need to see this. What we see in the story is that Thomas is not obstinate in his doubts. He's working out his doubts. That's what he's doing. He's being honest. And I think this is really, really crucial because that, that belief that somehow, that narrative, that, that doubts are bad, I think prevents us from being honest in our faith and admitting that, well, I'm not sure about this or that. I'm still searching. Doubt can be a great benefit. And after all, think about what Thomas did. After he does get to see Jesus, he puts his finger in the nail marks. What does he say? My Lord and my God. He went from uncertainty to exaltation. I think Thomas gets a bad rap because he was just being honest. He was saying, well, you said that, but I'm not sure it's true. Doubt is incredibly important in our journey of faith. And I'm going to give you three reasons why. Because I think there are some real benefits of doubt. Number one, doubt allows you to make your faith truly yours. That really has been my experience. Doubt, and I have had them, struggles and trials and seasons where I've doubted, but what that's done is helped me to make my faith really mine. That's one of the benefits of doubt. Oswald Chambers said this, always think through what you have easily believed. Your position is not really yours until you make it yours through suffering and study. Now, many of you listening know my story, the story of my family, my wife and I, and our kids, that we had a child, Madeline, who was born with a rare chromosomal disorder. And we didn't see it coming. We had no idea. Our son Jacob was four. He was healthy. We had no reason to think that we would have a problem with the second pregnancy. So when we learned this and then when Madeline was born, those years were a series of trials for us because we had really easily believed in the goodness of God. And that's easy to do when things are going well. But when this hit us, this, this trial, we had to really think through, like, where is God? There were times I was mad at God. Uh, I let God have it. Many of those Psalms were real for me, where they're just saying, where are you, God? What is going on? But what happened is through that, through that journey, my beliefs were actually strengthened. My confidence in God, my belief in the love of God was actually strengthened. So doubt actually was a part of that. 
The second benefit of doubt is doubt helps faith take root. And it doesn't seem like that's the way it would work. But listen to what Christian Wyman says. He's a great poet. Christian Wyman says, Doubt is painful, but its pain is active rather than passive. Far beneath it, no matter how severe the drought of doubt, faith, durable faith, is steadily taking root. That was also my experience. In the season of doubt, in the season of uncertainty, I felt pretty empty. But I would look back and realize that something was happening. Something was happening. Now, there's a kind of doubt. I have to just give a little caveat here. There is a kind of doubt that is not helpful. There's a kind of doubt where it's just extreme cynicism or skepticism, and it is being obstinate. But doubt for a believer, I think, is important because it keeps us growing. Frederick Buechner said, doubts are ants in the pants of faith. They kind of keep you going. But during that season, I had no idea. I thought, wow, I don't think I'm growing. I think I might be going backwards. I don't know where I am. But what was really happening was, as Christian Wyman put it, durable faith was actually taking root so that down the road, I could withstand and endure other kinds of struggles because that faith was now mine, as Oswald Chambers says, but it was also taking root. And then a third benefit of doubt is doubt is a gift to make our faith deeper, to make it deeper. So those roots that I mentioned in the second point, they begin to take root, and then we find that our actual faith is deeper than it was before. Theologian Pete Enns says this, Doubt is a gift of God to move us from trusting ourselves to trusting Him. Doubt is a normal part of the spiritual life. Passing through these times of doubt, not around them, leads to greater spiritual depth and intimacy with God. Oh, I love that quote. Doubt is a gift. Think about that. Doubt is a gift of God to move us from trusting ourselves to trusting Him. You see, our faith, I think, in many ways, is often faith in ourselves. There's a lot of bad faith going on out there, like, well, if I just do everything right, nothing bad will happen to me. Well, that's just a lie. And that's just, well, it's narcissism and it's control. It's an attempt to say, well, I'm going to do these things and therefore I can control God. That's not how it works at all. We don't have control. And so when Pete N. says doubt's a gift of God to move us from trusting ourselves to trusting him, he's pointing out that that is the shift that has to take place. Because if I'm being honest, I did think, hey, look, I'm one of God's guys. When Madeline was born, I had just written a book called Embracing the Love of God. I'd been traveling around the country talking about how good God is, how much God loves us. And then this happened. And I had a narrative inside that was like, well, I'm God's guy, so good things are going to happen to me. I had to purge that narrative. And really, it was the season of doubt that helped me to do that, to move away from trusting in myself to trusting in God. And I had to plow through that. I couldn't go around it, as Pete N. says. But in the end, it would lead to greater spiritual depth and intimacy with God. I couldn't have gotten there without that. That's just the reality. Jesus became more real to me through that season than ever before. And I've come to believe 
that at times when we think God is most absent, God may be speaking most clearly. It is just the way it has to work because God is is taking us on a journey, and it really is a journey. There's a an old poem by Carolyn Joyce Cardi. Many of you have um, no doubt heard this before, but I'm going to share it with you because um, I've always found it to be really moving. It goes like this. One night I dreamed a dream, and I was walking along the beach with my Lord. Across the dark sky flashed scenes from my life. For each scene, I noticed two sets of footprints in the sand, one belonging to me and one to my Lord. After the last scene of my life flashed before me, I looked back at the footprints in the sand. I noticed that at many times along the path of my life, especially at the very lowest and saddest times, there was only one set of footprints. This really troubled me, so I asked the Lord about it. Lord, you said once I decided to follow you, you'd walk with me all the way. But I noticed that during the saddest and most troublesome times of my life, there was only one set of footprints. I don't understand why, when I needed you the most, you would leave me. He whispered, my precious child, I love you and will never leave you. Never, ever, during your trials and testings. When you saw only one set of footprints, it was then that I carried you. That poem has always been important to me because it is a reminder that when we have these seasons of struggle, sadness, doubt, sometimes we think we're alone. Where is God in all of this? Only to find out later that God was there carrying us. I've come to believe that faith actually requires doubt, because doubt, uncertainty, a lack of knowledge is necessary for faith. And it's through questioning and searching that we arrive at a faith which is truly ours and cannot be taken away. Because faith is not a fortress. Faith is a journey, a journey in which God takes us further up and further in. Glory be to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. I hope you join me next time. Until then, you can find me on Twitter and Facebook at James Brian Smith. And you can learn more about this podcast. And if you'd like to donate to the Things Above podcast, you can do so on our website, apprenticeinstitute.org. Click the Donate Now button at the top of the page. It's really easy, and it would mean a lot to me. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it with a friend. And you can also subscribe, which means you're going to get them automatically each week. My hope, as always, is that one day if you're asked, what's on your mind? Your answer will be, things above.